1: Buffalo Bills fans is Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumlinks.com and host of Buffalo Rumlinks Q&A on the Buffalo Rumlinks Podcast Network. Buffalo Bills defeated the Los Angeles Chargers. Still feels weird not to call them the San Diego Chargers. 27 to 17 on Sunday to move to 8 and 3 on the season. Obviously, a great start uh, to 2020 for the Buffalo Bills. And as we move into the latter half of the season, it's going to be more about, you know, how this team can perform in the playoffs as opposed to just whether or not they can win week in and week out. So some of those kind of big picture questions start to seep into our takeaways from the game and our questions moving forward. So keep that in mind where, you know, it's not that we're being negative necessarily. It's just that we're changing the lens through which we look at the Buffalo bills. As always, you can get your questions in at seven, one, six, five, zero, eight, zero, four, zero, five. You can tweet us at rumblings, Q and a, that's what the word and spelled out in the middle. You can send us your uh, voice our uh, emails at buffalo rumblings at sbnation.com. We're also available at the Buffalo Rumblings account on Facebook and Instagram. Those messages will filter back to me. If so, make sure you get in your questions for next week's episode. We've got a nice collection of queries for the second half of today's episode, but as always, we are going to start by having our, t- our takeaways from the game on Sunday. I didn't include this in my takeaways, but I wanted to start um, with it. I, I tweeted about it several times, and I wrote an article about it over the bye week. The Bills had scored in 10 straight quarters coming into the game against the Chargers. They made it 14 straight quarters by scoring in the first, second, third, and fourth quarters against the Chargers to put away that team. I know a lot of people are saying that the Bills should have won by more, and they should have put their foot on their throats and all that stuff, but they won by 10 points. And even if Anthony Lynn kicks that field goal to make it a one-possession game, the Bills still won by at least a score comfortably. Um, And so I'm not as upset about the way that the game ended as a lot of other Bills fans I'm seeing on Facebook and Twitter. Um, So yeah, the Bills have scored in 14 straight quarters, dating back um, several weeks now. I I just, I think that they're doing what they want to do on offense. And Even when they're not playing at their best they're still able to move the ball and they're still able to score and they made a purposeful attempt to run the ball a lot more this week just because they want that tool in their toolkit and so it was while it was frustrating to watch in the moment i at least understood it they were using this game to get ready for the future not necessarily focus on what you know has got them there so far you know they know that they need to be diversified going into the last stretch of the season and into the postseason. And so making sure that they work on that over the bye and then keep working on that during the game on Sunday, I think it's smart, even if it was frustrating in the moment. So I think we just need to like keep looking through that playoff lens and understand why the Bills focus so much on the run, even if it wasn't the best way for them to win on Sunday. And again, that wasn't in my takeaways from the game. Um, but as I've reflected on the game and trying to figure out why they really focused on the run game. I mean, they've scored in 14 straight quarters. They, they focused on the running game this week. They're doing things to build towards a bigger future. Uh, and I wanted to start on a positive note because my first takeaway was negative. And it's five more questionable throws from Josh Allen. Josh Allen, you got to take the good with the bad. And so if you love it that he can wrestle through defenders and throw a ball down the field that's a 50-50 ball that your receiver's going to catch, you also have to understand that sometimes he's going to be in the grasp of a defender and just kind of chuck it up over the middle of the field where it could get picked off. And we saw at least five of those throws on Sunday against the Chargers. I think only one was picked off. But, you know, we, we saw him throw it into the middle of the field when he was in the grass. We threw, saw him as he's getting taken down and his ankles being bent down behind him try to throw it out to the flat. Um, we've just seen him chuck it up. But we also saw, like, when he saw that the defender was offside, he hurled a 50-50 ball to Gabe Davis. And Gabe Davis came down with it and high-pointed it. And that was a great catch, one of the highlights of the game. So, you know, if you... At the same time, like, the the fumbled snap that he tried to pick up and run with it. You can't blame him for that while also loving the fact that he did that against the Cowboys last year. Now, on the Cowboys last year, was fourth down. Like, he had to do it against the Cowboys last year. But, you know, he's always trying to make something out of nothing on first down, second down, third down, and especially fourth down. And so him trying to pick up that football instead of just falling on it. Like, I mean, there's something to be said for, like, having – you know, the heads up mentality that, okay, it's second down, live to fight another play. But also at the same time, like, that's what makes Josh Allen, Josh Allen. He is fighting for every yard on every play. And I don't want to coach that out of him all the way. I mean, that yeah, I want him to take less hits, fewer hits when he's running in the open field. Um, protect yourself. But it, th- that mentality, that gamer's mentality is what makes him who he is. And, and so... You know, we had more questionable throws from Josh Allen this week. I would love to see them leave his repertoire. But, like, I mean, he's backpedaling, 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 and then throws it off his back foot, and it gets picked off because he can't put as much juice on it as he normally would have been able to. So I I don't love those picks or those those throws um, that have very little chance of being completed. So if we can work those bad decisions out of his game, then – I can take aggressive decisions. I just don't want bad decisions, if that makes sense. They had three straight fourth-corner turnovers on seven plays. That's, I think, what most Bills fans were pointing to as you know the, the reason that they were frustrated at the end of the game. Um, they had three chances in the early part of the fourth quarter to put the game away, but Devin Singletary fumbled it. Then Josh Allen fumbled the snap that we just talked about. And then we just talked about the Allen interception as he was backpedaling. Those three turnovers gave the chargers life when they didn't have any and um, a better team would have taken better advantage of those so i mean <laughs> each one on their own wasn't a big deal but the fact that they happened back to back to back over the span of seven plays was was pretty awful and it was individual problems each time it was a single Terry not putting two hands on the ball it was Allen and Morse not connecting on the, the snap it was Josh Allen backpedaling and throwing off his back foot and lobbing a pass over the middle of the field. It was individual efforts, but collectively, it could have been backbreaking against a better team. But the Chargers out-terribled the Bills in the fourth quarter. The Chargers made more mistakes, and we saw that year after year after year against the Patriots. The Patriots would make mistakes, but they would let the Bills make more mistakes, and then the Patriots would win by three or six or seven or ten. You know, just let bad teams beat themselves. At some point, you're going to have to be a good team that beats other good teams. But against bad teams, just let them beat themselves. Um, the clock management from the Chargers was absolutely atrocious. First half and second half, especially in the second half. What happened on that final drive from the Chargers was just, I mean, it bordered on ludicrous. Um, I'm not going to belabor that point. Joey Bosa took over the game. Uh, I Firmly believe the dude should be the uh, defensive player of the week. He had, you know, what, what was it, two or three sacks? I can't remember. Uh, a forced fumble, uh, a fumble recovery. Uh, he was able to tackle Allen on a third and one shotgun snap run. He just, he was everywhere. The Bills couldn't contain him, they couldn't control him. Uh, even when they sent two guys after him, he just was able to you know, split the defense. I'm very thankful that they're not going to have to play uh, Nick Bosa. This week, he's on injured reserve for the San Francisco 49ers. And that leads into the offensive line not being great on Sunday. Yeah, they had to deal with Joey Bosa, who's a very, very talented player. But, you know, at the same time, Mitch Morris missed a block when he was pulling. Um, Deion Dawkins was called for holding on a third down conversion. Brian Winters has just continued to struggle. They still haven't really settled in on that offensive line yet. And as the second half went on, they did better. But I just... I still don't know what they're trying to do with Brian Winters. And even if Ike Bucker isn't better than Winters, at this point he offers at least some growth opportunity that Winters doesn't. And so I would probably like to prefer them to have Bucker and Feliciano in as opposed to Winters and Feliciano in. AJ Klein uh, continues to pop up in our takeaways article, but finally he's starting to come around. And I know there's a question. Uh, later about AJ Klein so I'll just be brief Um, I've written more takeaways about AJ Klein than anybody not named Josh Allen and he just he's done really come a long way he's taking better angles so maybe he's realizing that he's lost a step physically so he's you know instead of playing chase and and taking another step up the field to try to get to a running back he's cutting it off um, and rounding it off and and taking a better angle. So that's been really nice to see. They're using him as a blitzer really effectively. And I just, I, he's really come a long way. I'm not gonna sign the AJ Klein apology form. I don't think he's good enough to warrant an apology form. Like we saw a lot of ha- folks have to write about Josh Allen, but, um, and I still am not convinced that he six around in 2021, but his contract makes it likely he's around in 2021. So if he keeps playing by like this I mean'll I'm fine keeping him around next year uh, as he continues to work into the second half of the season those are my takeaways from the game on Sunday including the bonus takeaway about how they've scored in 14 straight quarters uh, when we come back from this quick break uh, we'll tackle your questions following the game against the Los Angeles Chargers) <laughs> Question on Instagram this week from Ben, who asks us with Klein doing very well recently and Milano coming back soon. What does that look like in the future of this season? Edmonds and Milano mainly? Or do they alter the defense to have all three? Not sure what we did before or what we do now. I don't think AJ Klein is going to change the way that their defense is fundamentally. I think the Bills are still going to be a nickel-heavy team Uh, at the beginning of the season. Taron Johnson was still playing 80-90% of the snaps. Um, When all of the cornerbacks and linebackers are healthy, that's typically where they have gone is the nickel defense. Every once in a while, you'll see a big nickel game, but even they really haven't been playing a lot of big nickel this year uh, because Taron Johnson's been healthy as opposed to his first few seasons in the league. So I think they want to play nickel. That's their base defense. And it's most base defenses around the NFL now. It's why that nickel cornerback position, slot cornerback is is really so important. And especially when they get Milano and Edmonds back, I think those are definitely the two best guys on the team. I'm seeing some folks who want to bench, you know, either Edmonds or Milano in favor of Klein. And I think that's, you know, a big time mistake. So I think that, they, that maybe they might run more 4-3 than they did earlier in the season. But I still think that the majority of the time they're going to end up running that nickel defense with five defensive backs, which if you didn't know, that's why it's called the nickel defense because there's five defensive backs and a nickel is worth five cents. So just throwing that out there for your terminology uh, help. The dime defense was developed after the nickel and has nothing to do with the number of defensive backs. It just has, you know, it's lighter, I guess. I don't really know. Over to Twitter, where Jack asks us, Preferably both, but what's more important to improve? Having a consistent running game leading to a balanced offense or consistent top-tier defense like last season? Well, if you're asking me what's more important, if they had a top-tier defense, they can play with any team in the league, where you can't really say that with a consistent running game and a balanced offense. I think the Bills' offense, even if it's unbalanced, can score with any team in the league. Um You know, we saw that against the Seahawks, where they just were chucking it all over the place uh, with Josh Allen. And we've seen the passing game kind of take off at points during the season while the run game has struggled. I don't think they need to be consistent there. I think that when the time is is right in, say, Buffalo in January, that the Bills can run the ball. um, And... You know, they, like I said earlier in the podcast, they've been working on it over the bye week, and they've really shoehorned it in against the Chargers this week to try and get more game reps under their belt. And I think they did you know, a nice job with the running game this week. Um, we saw some nice big runs uh, pop out from both Zach Moss and Devin Singletary this week. So you know, which is more important? If the Bills can have that top-tier defense again, where they can stop other teams from scoring 30 points or they can – you know, man up with um, the Titans or the Chiefs or the Steelers. Like, that's who they're going to have to beat in the postseason. And having a suffocating defense that can do what, say, the Bills did to Tom Brady over the last couple of years, where they were really able to limit what those other great offenses were able to do, I think that's way more important for the success of the Bills going forward. I, it's also much harder to do because in the run game, you're talking about. Maybe you know one or two players at the point of attack, and the running back finding the hole and going. Um, you know, and Brian Winters can have a terrible rep on the right side if the runs to the left, for instance. Um, and plus, like, there's a lot more mistakes that a defense can make against the Bills' run game. But if you're talking about like playing a defense that's suffocating for the entire game, there's a lot smaller window for error there. All the Bills have to be in the right spot at the right time, making the right play, all in sync, making the right decision. And that's why it's so hard to maintain defense from year to year. And we've seen it over and over again. Frankly, the fact that the Bills were able to do it from 2018 to 2019 was pretty remarkable um, that we didn't see this kind of backstep last year. And so like even look at a guy like Tredavious White, who is playing worse this year than he did last year. He's not necessarily in worse positions. He just hasn't been as lucky when he puts his hand up. He hasn't been hitting the ball. It's been going around his hand. So, like, he's been in pretty good position most of the time. So, it, it just more can go wrong in this duality that you asked about on the defensive side of the ball. So, I think it's more important that the defense plays, you know, to the level that they did last year. But it's also a lot more difficult to make that happen. Thanks for your question on Twitter. Jack. Dave, I've been saying for a while now that Singletary looks like a guy who needs multiple early carries to get going. And it feels like that's what he finally got Sunday and it worked. Snap count was down, but they seem to use him more. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't I, I think Zach Moss has become the running back one. Uh and you know they while they got Singletary involved early, having him with fewer runs and you know having his ability to explode better, I think it worked in his favor. The Bills, with Mitch Morris back, with John Feliciano back, they're able to do the pulling that they wanted to do early in the season, which is why they got rid of Quinton Spain. They're able to get those guards and center Mitch Morris out into space. Now, Morris missed the block on third and one that we talked about earlier with Joey Bosa tackling Josh Allen. Morris is supposed to come, I think, and kick out Joey Bosa. We don't know that for sure, but... I mean, putting Gabe Davis on Joey Bosa probably is a big-time mismatch. So, But you saw it a lot more in the running game where Mitch Morris and John Feliciano were pulling. Um, I think the TV crew did a good job of showing that. And uh, there was a bunch of uh, gifs on Twitter that were showing that during the game as well. So if they can keep Morris and Feliciano healthy, those guys can move to the outside. And that's really what they want to do in the run game. And that's going to help Singletary because he's got really nice vision, good shiftiness to get to, you know, those off-tackle runs following the blocks of those pulling guards and centers. Thanks for your question over on Twitter at Q and a That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Buffalo Rumling's Q&A. As always, leave your messages for next week's episode by giving us a call on our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. And us, rumlings QA, at, with the word and spelled out in the middle. Email us, buffalo rumlings at spnation.com. Or you can reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram on the Buffalo Rumlings accounts, and those will filter back to me. Looking forward to the Bills playing on Monday Night Football. Our episode might be a little bit later on Tuesday because of Monday Night Football, but we'll still have one next week. Go, Bills. I think the thing is that the thing